Hi, my name is Ronnie Brayer, and this is the Monthly Safety Podcast for November of 2010. First, a little bit about me. I've been a Greyhound driver now for the past 19 and a half years, been a driver instructor for the past five and a half, and I currently drive out of Syracuse, New York. So it's November, and the weather has been relatively mild, and certainly in the Northeast, uh, we haven't seen any significant snowfalls, and um, it's been pretty quiet. But we shouldn't forget that adverse weather takes many forms, and a lot of times when we think of adverse weather, uh, we think of snow, but there are many uh, conditions that will affect your driving uh, way beyond snow, and we need to make adjustments for those. Uh, For example, rain and wind, certainly uh, fog and smoke. Uh, These are conditions uh, that we have to adjust our driving for as well, particularly rain. And this is a common mistake that many drivers make, uh, not just in commercial vehicles, but many drivers don't adjust their driving at all in the rain. We see this a lot in places where it doesn't rain uh, often, like in Southern California, for example. Drivers don't adjust their driving. But even in places where it does rain a lot, uh, for some reason, a lot of times drivers tend not to make any adjustments when it's raining. And, of course, as we all know, uh, the rain reduces your traction. It increases your stopping distance. And uh, if you're going too fast, you can actually uh, hydroplane, which basically means that you have no control at all. Your tires are not actually making contact with the roadway, but are riding up on a film of water, um, and you have no control at all of your vehicle. So, you know, we always, we know what the Greyhound standard is, of course. In, in the rain, we reduce our speed a minimum of 25%. Um, of course, in the snow, it's 50%, and in ice and sleet, it's 66% or two-thirds. And these are minimums. But the most important thing is that you slow down. You're not going to get out your calculator and figure out what 25 or 50%, well, 50 is easy, but certainly 25% of your speed is, or even 50. You're just going to, you know, try to reduce your speed according to the conditions, use some common sense, and obviously we're going to increase our following distance as well. That's another thing that we want to make sure that we do. Again, everyone knows that the minimum safe following distance under all conditions is six seconds at a minimum. And we increase that according to the conditions as necessary. We'll add a second for rain and two seconds for snow and three seconds for ice and sleet. These are minimums. Also, if there's congestion, regardless of the weather, we may want to add a second of following distance, and we may want to reduce our speed to give us an extra margin of safety when there is congestion, when there is limited visibility because of terrain, curves, hills, things like that, or even just for um, you know road construction, things like that, where the conditions are more congested, there are more hazards, you want to give yourself an extra margin of safety. So again, uh, you know, snow is not the only adverse condition that we run into, and it's important to drive according to the conditions, to not be in a hurry, to feel comfortable and in control when you drive, and always remember that Greyhound's policy has always been that if you're late, you should stay late, and you shouldn't try to make up time. This is so important. A safe trip is the most important thing, and uh, if, you're, if the weather conditions deteriorate, then you may be late, and that's okay. So let's keep that in mind. I wanted to talk a little bit about the M7. Uh, it still seems to be uh, some lingering issues with the M7s. We recently had the fall uh, CDE training, uh, which was kind of uh, adverse weather training on steroids, if you will. And um, one of the things that was talked about in that was proper and complete completion of the M7 form. One of the things that we need to do is if we indicate any non-safety-related defects, 
Uh, someone has to sign off on that, if at all possible. That would be a ticket agent, a supervisor, uh, a customer service agent, a baggage, even a baggage person. Get somebody to sign off on that M7 if you indicate anything in the defects that are not safety-related. Now, obviously, if you have safety-related defect, uh, maintenance needs to make the appropriate corrections and sign off on that. Um, but certainly, we want to make sure that uh, we fill out the M7 correctly and completely. And what that means is we're going to go ahead and check off all the appropriate boxes. Sometimes there are boxes that don't apply to us, and some drivers write NA, and some drivers leave them blank. Uh, but the important thing is that we uh, look at each area on that form and check where appropriate, write the comments as necessary in the boxes. And we don't want to do things like write, see previous pages for defects, uh, same as previous, and we don't want to write things like old body damage or OBD. This is something that uh, I don't know where it came from, uh, and it just continues. It seems to grow, and uh, drivers see M7s filled out a certain way, and they fill it out the same way, and so on. Um, we need to fill out that M7 completely and correctly. This is both a DOT and a company requirement. You owe it to yourself, and you owe it to your passengers to do a good pre-trip, and part of that pre-trip is to complete the M7 correctly and completely. So let's make sure that we do that. And since I mentioned the pre-trip, I want to take a moment to talk about that. Everyone knows uh, what to do in, in a pre-trip. I'm sure you do. If you have any questions, you can always uh, get with your local driver's supervisor or your uh, driver instructor at your location uh, to go over any concerns that you may have or questions. But, you know, when you do a pre-trip, it shouldn't take long, uh, and yet you can cover a whole lot of ground in 15 minutes at the most. Um, and it seems like a lot sometimes because maybe you've gotten in the habit of uh, kind of going quickly and you've skipped certain areas and you've forgotten about certain areas. For example, how many of us check the fire extinguisher to make sure that it's charged and that the pin is in and that it's secured and it's been inspected? I mean, that's just one thing. Do we check to make sure that there are three triangles in the box or do we just check to make sure that there's a box there? Um, these are kinds of things that sometimes we get away from. Maybe we get a little bit sloppy or a little bit lazy and they're really important. So let's make sure that we're checking our emergency windows, um, and things like that. Make sure we're turning those tires in the front so we can inspect as much as possible of the front tires as well as the suspension components. Take your time. Do a good pre-trip. It won't take you that much longer. It'll give you peace of mind. Make sure you're checking your Blue Book documents so that you know where they are. So if anything should happen and you need to produce them, you'll know right where they are. You'll know what's going on. Again, if you have any questions about anything to do with the pre-trip, please don't hesitate to contact your local uh, driver instructor and get clarification so that we all are on the same page and we're doing a good complete and thorough pre-trip. Um, so make sure you're doing that and make sure you complete the M7. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to talk about are collisions or what we call accidents uh, and you know first group tends to uh, use that latter term a collision. Uh, I feel that that's a little bit more accurate because when you talk about an accident um, you know, outside of a professional driving circle, certainly outside of Greyhound. Uh, when somebody says they have an accident, people say, well, you know, that's what insurance is for. Things happen. Don't worry about it. But we know as professional drivers, as professional Greyhound drivers, that we're held to a higher standard. And that's a, there's a reason for that. That's because uh, we have that kind of training, uh, and we have the ability to foresee some of these things and to take the appropriate action, as the S2 rule states, it is the responsibility of the professional Greyhound driver to drive in such a manner 
as to identify accident-producing situations soon enough to take reasonable and prudent action to avoid an accident. So what that means is, uh, you know, if you're involved in a collision, which I hope that you never are, but if someone were involved in a collision, let's say someone else, so it's not us, um, there's a pretty good chance that if that person were honest with themselves and went over what occurred, they could probably have done something to prevent that collision. Almost all the time, there is something that we could have done to have prevented that collision from occurring um, before we, got, we found ourselves in that situation. Uh, but my point here is that the collision can occur uh, very quickly, and we can be careful all the time, and we can be doing everything right, and it just takes one little slip to find yourself in a jam. So, you know, remember all the safe driving uh, techniques that you learned when you were in training. Remember the things that have been gone over with in the course of these training sessions. You recently had the fall training, um, all the things that we talk about, um, you know, all this Greyhound standards, uh, all these things will keep you out of trouble. You know, I've heard drivers say that what you learned in school is great for a learning environment or uh, a training environment, but when you get out on the road, uh, you need to make certain modifications uh, because this is how we drive in the, quote, real world. All of the training and instruction that you received when you were in school, when you first became a driver, before you hit the board, those same principles still apply year after year after year, and those things will keep you out of trouble. It's very easy to get lazy, to slip into bad habits, and be involved in a collision, and nobody wants that. It's a very unpleasant thing. We have a lot of responsibility. We are responsible first and foremost for ourselves, for our own safety, so that we can come home to our families at, at night. We're also responsible for a very expensive piece of equipment. Um, and then we have, you know, up to 55 passengers on the bus, and every one of those folks is somebody's mother or father or brother or sister or son or cousin and so on. We've got a lot of responsibility, uh, not even on a monetary level, but just on a personal level. You've got people's lives in your hands as well as your own. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your passengers to perform a good thorough pre-trip, to drive in a safe manner at all times, to be professional and courteous to other vehicles and pedestrians on the road, and to set the tone that says that you're a professional Greyhound driver and you stand head and shoulders above the other drivers on the road. I'd like to wish everyone uh, a safe and happy holiday. Uh, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. We'll be talking again in December, and that's all I've got for this month. Um, again, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to send me email at Ronnie, R-O-N-N-I-E, 13211 at gmail.com. You can visit my Facebook page at Ronnie.Greer, that's G-R-E-H-E-R, uh, on Facebook. And um, I look forward to talking to you next month. Have a safe and pleasant trip.